Hello, subscribers. This is Joan D. Martin, author of Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. As a reminder, Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America, explores how our laws and culture create a cycle of economic, racial, and environmental inequality, and what together we can do to change it. This post goes out to both free and paid subscribers, but if you are not already a paid subscriber and value this effort and our growing community, please consider upgrading to a paid membership. The title of tonight's post is Unity is Strength, Why Workers Still Need to Flex Their Muscle Through Unions. I'm starting with a quote from U.S. News and World Report, published June 26, 2023. Quote, a movement to weaken American child labor protections at the state level began in 2022. And by June 2023, Arkansas, Iowa, New Jersey, and New Hampshire had enacted this kind of legislation, and lawmakers in at least another eight states had introduced similar measures. The law generally makes it easier for kids from 14 to 17 years old to work longer and later, and in occupations that were previously off-limits for minors. End quote. The employer-employee relationship is exploitive to some degree and at any age, but with 14-year-old children perhaps working in industries or assigned job duties that are physically dangerous, it's practically a given. Exploiting the energy, naivete, and eagerness of kids who can't legally drive, vote, or sign a contract is what recent state legislation is really about. Proponents of loosening child labor laws claim it returns rights to parents. Why should the government prevent children from contributing to the family coffers? The governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, who recently signed a bill lowering the working age to 14 and increasing the number of hours and times children can work, said it would quote, allow young adults to develop their skills in the workforce, end quote. In reality, it is a pro-business choice that allows companies to pay these workers considerably less and thus make a greater profit, literally on the backs of children, just like in the 1800s. I've included a photo of a child laborer and links to the National Archives and the Library of Congress so you can choose to explore photos depicting child laborers from our past. I've written previously about the power of unions, why our country needs their considerable influence, and why that need is even more evident today. One of the co-founders of a Substack newsletter called More Perfect Union pointed out in a Labor Day post yesterday that right now we are in a union paradox. A recent Gallup poll 
shows that unions are popular among the American people. 67% to 71% favor unions, but union membership has been precipitously declining for decades. The following two graphs highlight this paragraph paradox. The first graph is from Gallup, and it's entitled Americans' Approval of Labor Unions, 1936 to 2022. And then the next graph is uh, compiled by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it shows union membership rates by gender, 1983 to 2022. So that way you can see the stark contrast. According to a U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics report from January 24, 2023, union membership declined to 10.1% in 2022, the lowest rate on record. The Bureau also notes that, quote, in 1983, the first year for which comparable data are available, the union membership rate was 20.1%. That's my 19-year-old cat meowing in the background. Sorry about that. Additionally, additional Gallup polls, as discussed in a blog post by uh, AFSME, also show that well over the majority of Americans support striking workers rather than companies believe unions should have more power than they have now, and are overall a positive force for workers, businesses, and the overall economy. Yet the reduction in union membership by nearly one-half in 40 years, considered alongside the stratospheric rise in income and wealth inequality, opioid and other substance abuse addiction, the rise in suicides, and binge drinking among middle-aged adults shows that a deeper issue might need to be addressed. I could show many more statistics, graphs, and charts depicting the efficacy or not of unions, but statistics have difficulty depicting the promise and hope our country needs right now. What unions have always offered since the first union was formed in Philadelphia in 1794 and continue to offer is the promise to revive the hollowed-out middle class, bring dignity to the working lives of millions of more Americans, a promise that has been delivered time and again over nearly 200 years is the building block of hope. Earning a good wage, along with a safe work environment, a robust benefits package that includes affordable quality health care, paid time off, and subsidized child care, is what union representation should and often does achieve for its members. And the promise of hope for a better life is why every sector of our, sector of our economy still needs the power of unions. I'd love to hear what you think about the current state of unions and their power to affect change in the United States. Please share your thoughts in the comment section below. As always, please consider supporting Crime and Punishment 
with a free or paid subscription. Although I won't be going on strike anytime soon, the current TV writer's strike demonstrates that writers deserve to be paid and paid well for their work, just like any other profession. Thank you in advance for your su financial support of my writing. And feel free to, to subscribe by clicking the button below. As always, thank you so much for reading and listening to Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America.